Disclaimer. Disclaimer. I hardly know her. This show is not suitable for young listeners due to explicit language and sometimes explicit themes. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to episode 66 of Teach Me Tiger. You know, if you can't be vulnerable and express what's inside and express your needs, then your needs are not going to be met and people aren't going to see you the way you crave to be seen. So be vulnerable already. Sixty-six. Wait till we get to six hundred and sixty-six <laughs> or sixty-nine. <laughs> Welcome to Teach Me Tiger, the show where I, Melody, do basically whatever I want, especially lately during the pandemic. And sometimes it's educational. It's always funny and obviously very clever. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, <laughs> I'm your ever faithful podcast host, Melody Starkweather, and today we have with us Elizabeth Cooper. Hi, Liz. Hi. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Oh, you know, keep on keeping on. Hasn't everyone missed Liz in your (laughs) ear holes? (laughs) Feels good. Lube them up because Liz is going to jam right in there. So Liz co-hosted the show for a while and is beloved by our listeners and beloved by me. Today, we're essentially catching up since we haven't heard from Liz in a while. So we're going to talk about how we've been living through this global pandemic for over a year, how we've been entertaining ourselves, what weird hobbies we might have picked up. We're even going to play a couple pandemic games. Woo! But first, Liz, you know what happens. First, we're going to break the ice. Oh, yeah. Icebreakers. Roll up your sleeves, pull up your socks, reach on into Melody's box. Icebreakers. Reach your beautiful arm into the coffers of the internet. Through the magic of the internet. And into the coffers of my body and soul. Reach on into my box. (laughs) What fictional world or place would you like to visit? Oh, oh, that's a good one. Well, I often idealize the world of Star Trek, the next generation, because it is a, in many ways, an ideal world. There's no like pain. Well, there's pain sometimes, but there's doctors who can fix that. There's no money. It's very anti-capitalist. Right. Starving. People just can pursue their interests and their dreams free from having to earn money to do it. Jean-Luc for president. (laughs) Yeah, Jean-Luc for president. So uh, that's one that I, you know, think about a lot. I don't know if there's another one that I'd want to be a part of. Could I just also put in there that uh, the holodeck, you could could have access to the holodeck. 
Yes, the holodeck is some cool stuff. And every time I see, like, I hear about the holodeck, I'm like, how many people are just having sexual fantasies in the holodeck? Yeah. Oh, right? man. Yeah, I think you could just do all the things you've ever wanted to do with all the <laughs> exactly. people you wanted to do them with. I mean, that's probably unethical, like making a, a copy of a real person. I think you're supposed to make up imaginary ones. I could do that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> I was thinking that I always, always love that scene in Mary Poppins where Bert, his name's Bert, right? I think so. Dick Van Dyke. So he does the beautiful like chalk pastel sidewalk image and then they count to three and jump in. Yes. I want to go there. Yes. That's pretty cool. Oh my gosh. I want to jump into some sidewalk art and have a wild time. (laughs) Another thing, one of the, this is a weird answer, but when I was a kid, I was obsessed with this trilogy of novels by Bernard Cornwall. Mm -hmm. And he's written a ton of historical fiction books. Um, He's done one on Vikings. He's done a whole series on like a British soldier in the Napoleonic Wars. He's very like British historical fiction, but he did a trilogy on the Arthurian legend that I read when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And it's very like gruesome and brutal and like more true to what life would have been like at the time rather than like mystical. And I was so into those books that I always kind of dreamed of being a part of it. But then also it's like, but people just like died when they were 25 and lived in huts. (laughs) Yeah. And like you might get your finger cut off or your tongue cut off for speaking back to a man or something. Right. Yeah. Being a woman back then would not be so amazing. Okay. never mind. I didn't understand it as a teenager. I thought it was romantic. That explains (laughs) a lot, doesn't it, Liz? (laughs) (laughs) Cool. How's your eyes feeling? Broken. Broken. Smashed. Perfect. Icebreakers. Okay, so I was thinking in this episode we would skip week peaks because we're basically going to be discussing what we've been up to and we're basically just doing week peaks (laughs) for the episode. We're doing year peaks. Yeah, year peaks. But I do love to start us out on a positive note. So I was thinking... What do you think has been an upside of this worldwide pandemic? There's been a lot of doom and gloom, but I feel like maybe some good has come from this. What do you think? Well, from my own perspective, and I know this is very insular, and I know the pandemic has been super hard on a lot of people, sometimes ranging from financially devastating to just emotionally devastating. But for JM and I, it's been really good, which sounds awful. I mean, I miss seeing my parents more frequently. You know, I miss like doing all the fun stuff, like hanging out with people generally. But like Jam and I both really like working from home. We are fortunate enough to have jobs where we can work from home and they haven't been affected at all. That's great. And we've had more time to do stuff. We've had more time like and then going back to work, the place where I work is going to be a lot more flexible and we'll be able to work from home even after the pandemic, you know, maybe go in one or two days a week or something. So from a personal perspective, there's been some really good things. Like I think it's forced a lot of people to kind of slow down and just like enjoy their lives. If they're fortunate enough to be in a situation where they're still earning money and not like in a precarious financial or housing situation. Right. And I think for like 
I was going to say the, the it's nice for nature for humans to be less in nature, but actually they've been kind of in nature more because they're like going out and hiking and stuff because that's the only thing they're allowed to do. But I love the fact that animals are doing some weird things like there's more animal activity in some places because there are fewer humans there. That's kind of neat. Yeah. I don't know. There's not a lot of upsides to this. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it is. What about you? What do you think's an upside to the pandemic? So I feel that, what am I trying to say? Okay, so because I feel like we've all been craving connection, I feel like in some of my relationships, I've actually seen more connection. Like people are actually trying harder to stay connected to people that matter to them. So for instance, my brother, who's maybe listening to this and notoriously bad at keeping in touch, we've been video chatting so much more because we never see each other. So we might see each other under normal circumstances a few times a year. And so now we haven't seen each other in like a year, but we video chat much more frequently. So that I mean, that's kind of cool. And actually, in general, I like that video has become so much more commonplace and acceptable as a form of communication. It's played into like, dating a lot, which is, I've been dating. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's kind of I think it's kind of a good thing that people are doing these like virtual dates. And I think a lot of dating experts because I listen to all of these silly dating podcasts, but a lot of dating experts are saying, you know, I think the video dating thing is gonna keep on keeping on even when the pandemic's over, because it's actually a great way to like screen someone before you bother going to meet them in person. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's I have like tomorrow night, I have a video chat or jam and I have a video chat with someone who we're friends with. We're not like super intimate friends with, but we really like them. It's a guy in town that jams is like part of jams circle of friends. And he was like, well, let's have a video chat, which we probably would never have done before the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I like that people are more comfortable with it because I think it's a good way to stay in touch with people. Yeah. Agreed. To see their beautiful faces. (laughs) Also, I haven't been sick really for 13 months. Neither have I. I have not. Had a cold, flu, nothing. My kids are, well, one is turning five on the day this comes out. So happy birthday, Robbie. (laughs) My son's name is Robin. His birthday is April 29th. He's turning five. He's very cute. And so he's five and then Holly's seven. And so they were bringing so much stuff home before. Like I would just be sick all winter every winter, like since Holly went to kindergarten. So for the past several years. Yes, I remember. And uh, we haven't been sick at all. It's amazing. And while I hate the masks, I hate having to wear them. I understand why we have to wear them, but I don't love it. But man, it's keeping people healthier. Yes. So that's good. It's it's so good. I love not having like laryngitis or pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you? How's, how unusual? <laughs> I don't have pneumonia. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's been that's been good. Um, I actually heard a company that makes cough drops in on the East Coast went bankrupt because people haven't had coughs. Wow, right? That makes sense. I never even thought about that. Yeah, because we've mm. all just been like staying far away from each other and not intermingling. But you know what? Honestly, I'll take the occasional cough or cold. I'm I'm ready to go back. Yeah. I want to sit in a bar and get really drunk. Yeah, I want to go to a bar and then I want to dance with strangers. Yes. Yeah, that's what I want to do too. I want to sit in a bar, 
dance, drink, have a big party. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. Maybe even like make out with strangers. Yes. Agreed. (laughs) I think JM would probably give you a pass like post pandemic to make out with some strangers just because. He might. He might. I'll have to talk. We'll have to talk about it. We'll have to renegotiate our relationship. You know, have him listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) JM being your husband. Yes. I should should clarify. Yeah. He'll he'll be like, okay, but then I'll have to isolate for 14 days or something. (laughs) (laughs) How have you been doing generally, Liz, through the pandemic? Like, how's your brain been? (laughs) Are you holding up okay? Yeah, to be honest with you, even though I'm ready for it to be over, like I said, JM and I have been super lucky. We both have jobs. So like, we've done we've made a lot of financial decisions that have helped us like we were able to remortgage our house and pay off a bunch of debt. So it's been pretty good for us. And so I'm feeling pretty good. Just generally like things are okay. And JM and I get along really well. We haven't gotten on each other's nerves. Although... (laughs) I haven't been alone in my house for over a year, which I would like sometime, maybe. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Last summer, I went to a cottage for two days with my friends when all the numbers were really, really low. And like all my friends in Kingston. And we all got tested before we went. And I know that's like not what you're supposed to do. But we didn't have as much of an understanding of it last summer. But like there were like two cases in Kingston. Like there was no COVID here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I was gone for two and a half days. And so Jam was like, oh, it was amazing to just be home alone. And I was like, why can't you get the fuck out of here then? Because I've had to share the house with you for so long. You should just pitch a tent in the backyard and make him go sleep in it for two nights. Oh, God. He would be like constantly coming back in the house. I know he would. Lock him out, Liz. Lock the door. Uh, but we've been good. Like, I feel, Yeah. I want it to be over for a lot of reasons, but I've also like discovered I'm more of an introvert than I thought. Like I've always identified as like a super kind of aggressive extrovert. Mm -hmm. And I'm now like really leaning in. Like people will be like, do you want to do this thing? And I'm like, no, no, I don't. (laughs) So that's been interesting for me. I've become way more of an introvert. Interesting. Um, yeah. Well, this has all come at a strange time because as you and um, if people have listened to the last couple episodes, as they would know, uh, my husband and I split up. So I moved into my own place in January. So it's been a little bit wild moving out on my own during a pandemic where I'm not supposed to see anybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm used to being around either a husband or my two children all the time. And now suddenly I have like half the week where it's just me and the cat. Yep. And you know, if I hear a noise in the house, it's the cat or me. Otherwise it's totally silent. It's really bizarre. It's nice. And I expected to really enjoy being alone, but because it's in a pandemic and I don't like have the option of socializing when I feel like I need that socialization energy, uh, that's been a little tricky for me. Yeah, I can imagine. And like, also just like, just being alone. Yeah, must be weird, like good, but also bad. Yeah. And I mean, because of coming out of a 10 year relationship, I'm like learning how to be okay with being alone, and yep. just being with myself. And it can be pretty intense to like, sit with that. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like crawling up the walls trying to uh, not even entertain myself. And and 
I think I'm someone who likes myself and I thought I liked a lot of alone time, but it does get old. The other day I caught myself just like talking out loud to myself as though I was another person in the room <laughs> and then saying out loud to myself, you know, Melody, it's nice to be able to talk to yourself. Maybe you should do this more often. Yeah, I think maybe I will. <laughs> like, it really? Just... This like really happened? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, it sure did. That's amazing. I might have been stoned, <laughs> but <laughs> well, it happens. It was good. It was it was kind of good. It was a little weird, but you know, I don't know. It's it's a trip being single after ten years. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I went back on my antidepressants. How is it? It's good. Um, I'm glad I did it. I for a long time kept thinking like, oh, if I just exercise enough or like sleep properly or eat properly and do all of these things to like make myself feel happy, then I don't need to go on antidepressants. And then eventually one day I was just like, yeah, but that's really hard. And I'm having a really hard time getting myself to do all the things I know I need to do in order to be happy. So maybe just a little bump, uh, not a bump of cocaine, folks, a little, <laughs> a little bump, a little, help. This, a little help. Yeah, a little bump to the psyche would be good. And it has been helpful. That's it's good. It's been helpful. I, Glad I to also, hear it. I, I like, uh, I don't know, this is maybe a silly thing to say, but I didn't want to go back on them because I didn't want to gain weight because that happened last time. And I just mm. prefer not to, I don't know. But again, I realized like, that's silly. That's silly. <laughs> You're like mental health is more important right now. And yeah. maybe, maybe I will actually get to the point where I do manage to keep a more consistent routine of physical activity and stuff like that. So anyway, yeah, yeah it's I mean, been tricky. That's true. You're definitely your mental health is um, more important for sure. And also, I mean, you probably didn't gain that much weight. You don't look that different to me. Oh, thanks. I don't know. We're all our own worst critic, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mental health corner. <laughs> I would say my mental health has definitely suffered, but so is everybody else's. It's like none of us are living in a vacuum here. <laughs> like we're all in a way, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like I, like I say that things are going pretty well for us, but it does, it is a little bit groundhog day, you know, like every mm -hmm. day is the same. I don't know if iPhones do this, but Google, if you have an Android, will send you a, a wrap up of what you've done every month via your map app. And it'll be like, you went here on this day and here on this day. It's a bit weird and stalkery, but whatever. And jams is just a dot. <laughs> like he never goes anywhere. <laughs> it's really funny. It's very funny. I'm like, Jam, you need to like walk to the beer store or something. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I should do that. <laughs> so like, it's just the groundhog day-ness of it and the dread that this is just the beginning of normalness. Like that this is just beginning. Not, I hate the phrase, the new normal, but that this is literally going to be the new normal mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. forever. Because yeah. I think you said this when we were talking the other day. Okay, fine. This wraps up. But what next? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, I think anxiety around the pandemic is a global anxiety. Well, we're also anxious about like, what's going to happen? Like, the kids growing up now have never been in a world where they weren't just worrying about the environment all the time. Right. Where they yeah. weren't just like, well, who knows what's going to happen? That's yeah. frightening. It is. Poor kids. Poor kids, but also you, like our generation, like we were born in, well, I was born in 82, you were born in 81. 
we grew up just like hearing about all of that stuff as well. So that's we're, true we're, for us. <laughs> but I mean, like this at this time in the world, they're just it's like we're all living through this global trauma and we're all dealing with it in the best way we know how, which I think for a lot of people is to sort of in their minds, like sweep it under the rug a little bit, like to minimize what's happening, because that's how you get through something traumatic. (laughs) You know, is you just power through it, you tell yourself it's not that bad. (laughs) But I mean, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah. But you know, vaccines, etc. I I hope that this is over soon. (laughs) Oh, man, so do I. Me too. Um, now we should be funny, Liz. Oh, right. Okay. (laughs) Um, Be funny. Be be funny. (laughs) Who's there? Orange. Orange who? Oh, is that my supposed to say banana? Liz, you were supposed to be funny. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm bad at that sort of thing. <laughs> That's not true. You're very funny. Okay. Here's something that might be fun. Let's do it. As we all know, and as we were talking about earlier, in the pandemic, there's lots of Zoom calls, right? And like Zoom parties. I feel like people are doing it less now than they were in the beginning, but it was a whole thing, Zoom parties. And people are playing specific games online. Actually, there's all kinds of websites and apps where you can play like board games and stuff, which is not what we're going to do on air. But so towards the beginning of the pandemic, I kept hearing about these 36 questions on like podcasts and in articles online. Uh, and they're 36 questions to feel closer or to fall in love with someone. And so <laughs> <laughs> I have heard it suggested as a video dating activity. So I checked it out and it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I'm excited. What are they? You ask. Yeah, what are they? What are they? I just so, said yes right away. I was like, 36 questions, let's start. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> what they are is a set of questions developed by a psychologist named Arthur Aaron. And he was using them in a study that he was doing around like intimacy and basically whether... Oh. Anyway, he was using them in the study. <laughs> that sigh was really weighted (laughs) i just my brain doesn't want to do it i'm in a permanent like pandemic fog maybe it's (laughs) not permanent but it feels that way doesn't it feel like your brain's going to be half broken forever my brain has been pretty foggy recently i have to admit might be all the pot i'm smoking though i'm not smoking any pot well what's your problem just kidding. <laughs> so anyway, these questions were developed by the psychologist Arthur Aaron, and he did a little study. And so it's three sets of 12 questions, 36 questions, and each set of questions gets increasingly personal. The idea behind that being that the questions could like accelerate intimacy and sort of close feelings between two people by making them be vulnerable to and like with each other and like open up about their family and their sort of inner life and things that you might not necessarily get into in the very beginnings of a relationship with someone else. He also advocated for people. So doing the 36 questions and then staring into each other's eyes for four minutes. That's too long. 
we're not going to do that, Liz. Okay, good. <laughs> we can't yeah. anyway, because we're doing this over the computer. But right. can't even stare into each other's eyes. That's the weird thing about video calling is that you can't actually look right at a person and have that connection. No, you can't. Because if I look at my camera, then I'm not looking at you looking at your camera. <laughs> exactly. Um, also, we've known each other for 20 years. Yes, that's true. That too. But I did, I did Hashtag have a video. old. I did have a video date with a guy. This is like a while back. This is in the winter. And we tried this 36 question thing. And I got to tell you, at the end of it, I was like, wow, I really like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I think we really connected. I'm not sure why. I feel like so close to him. It's so weird. <laughs> so they work. Oh, yeah, they work. I've done it. I've gone through them with friends, too, just for fun. So I was thinking, Liz, that we could each pick one out of the three sets if we pull it up on our okay. screens here and um to people listening if you're interested in these questions if you literally just google 36 questions it'll be like the first thing to pop up is it 36 questions to fall in love yes okay i've got it <laughs> okay i'm gonna pick one okay number nine for what in your life do you feel most grateful oh man christ everything i mean I'm, it's just happenstance that all of these things occurred in the world to make it so that I was born in a developed nation to nice parents who looked after me, you know, and are nice to me. And then I made lots of friends, like so much stuff in a person's life is out of their control. Mm -hmm. You know, you could be born in a country in a you know underdeveloped country and life could be tough for lots of people who live in those places or like you could be born into a family with major substance abuse or other abuse issues you know what i mean like mm -hmm. and it's just like oh fucking luck of the draw man and so i'm just grateful for all the good luck i've had and the nice people that i know that's what i'm grateful for what about you that's nice liz i'd like to say that although some of that yes luck of the draw getting born into a family that wasn't suffering terribly and all of that stuff sure but you having great friends and great people around you i think a lot of that has to do with you just oh, so you know that's nice you're pretty great and so then you attract great people that's how that works the law of attraction <laughs> i just have to secret it to i'd have to put it out there and then it'll come to me that's right <laughs> no but okay so like it's a little woo woo and shit but but yes, I do think on some level, you put out the energy that you receive. And so I feel like if you were a shitty, boring person, you would have shitty, boring friends. <laughs> fair, fair. I'll take that compliment. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're a shitty, boring person. You have shitty, boring friends. <laughs> I think right now at this point in my life, what I am most grateful for is, and I'm not all there yet, but like... You know, this thing happened in my late 30s as my kids became old enough that they weren't babies and were a little more independent. And I felt like I could be a real human being again. Yep. Where I came into myself and discovered like all of this self-worth and self-confidence. Not to mention I've been in therapy for like a year and a half or something now. And that's been very helpful. So I guess I'm just grateful that like I see my own worth. <laughs> Yeah. Where when I was younger, I really didn't. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not perfect. I don't think I'm like 100% there yet. But I do 
value myself a lot more than I used to. And um, I care far less about what other people think than when I was younger. So in a weird way, I think I'm saying that I'm grateful for getting older. Yes, (laughs) that's great. That's really good. Yeah, it's huge to like, I'm still working on that. Those ideas of like self worth and like, having boundaries and Mm saying yes to things when you want to do them and saying no to things when you don't want to do them. Yes. And like feeling confident in a variety of spaces in your life. I'm working on trying to feel more confident in my professional life because mm-hmm. I have a hard time with that. But yeah, right on. Okay. So would you like to pick from questions 13 to where is 24. it? 24. Some of these, they get pretty intense. I think oh. the thing with these 36 questions is it kind of sneaks up on you, right? Because you're just going through question after question. And before you know it, all of a sudden, you're answering questions about your relationship with your mother. And you're like, how did we even get here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, oh, wow. Oh, there's a, these are good ones. What does friendship mean to you? What does friendship mean to me? Friendship, to me, it means acceptance and non-judgment and like caring for another person's well-being and also fun i guess although friendships aren't always fun i mean i think the main for me the main pillars of friendship are yeah like acceptance you accept your friends for who they are you love them for who they are you don't judge them for their choices they don't judge you or if they do it's out of concern anyway (laughs) you know yeah yeah and yeah caring about well-being i think that's about it am i missing something major what does friendship mean to you no that's those are good um i've been struggling with this a lot recently just because i've had there was a weird situation that happened with one of my friends that i'm not going to talk about and you know like if you get into a fight with your friends or like there's some sort of rupture it starts to make you think about like what is this friendship about? Or what is friendship about? Right. What am I like getting out of this? Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that friendship has to be all the things you said. Like I agree with all those, but also like a two way street, you know, and I have in my life found myself in a bunch of relationships, friend relationships that were like really one way mm-hmm. where I was like, am I just like a, blank canvas for this person to talk at and like have someone like just like I'm just company for them or something you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um and that might not necessarily be a bad thing so because of those experiences that I realized weren't really good I really want to have like mutual respect and that the benefits flow both ways but it's also exactly what you just said Mm -hmm. yeah like reciprocal yeah so like what pushes something from an acquaintanceship to a friendship well that's very subtle because sometimes it just happens before you realize it right right you're just like well we're friends and then you're like wait or i just know them from like work or something and then before you realize it you're like oh i guess we're friends now (laughs) yeah (laughs) you don't have to define the relationship in a friendship you don't have have the dtr talk (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to have the like, okay, I'm not seeing anyone else. We can be friends now. (laughs) Can you imagine if friendships were like that? Uh, It's a lot of pressure. (laughs) So much pressure. My friend, who was it who used to say my friend card is full? Virginia. Oh, I I still use that. That was one of the 
the best lines I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so do I. So do I. I totally say my friend card is full. Yeah. Um, I have to really like you to add you to the friend card at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I have to really like you and we have to complete four minutes of uninterrupted eye contact. <laughs> and then if you can make it through that, then we could be friends. I'll put you on the card. <laughs> I think this means we have good friends the way we've just talked about friendship. I think so too. I mean, I would have said that too. Yeah. If you'd asked, if you'd asked Liz, (laughs) (laughs) I did debate for saying what I'm grateful for saying my friends and I am grateful for my friends, but well, you are also a wonderful person who attracts wonderful people into your life. (gasps) Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's true. That I attract wonderful people, so therefore I must be wonderful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. Number 34. Your house, containing everything you own, catches fire. After saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item. What would it be and why? I know. This is obscenely practical, and I hate myself for it, but it's true. Is it a picture of you and me? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. Oh, I'm (laughs) I'm sad. Uh, But now that's what I was gonna say. (laughs) Most of my photos, my digital photos, anyway, are backed up on Amazon Drive. Oh, that's good. Um, I have to back up more of them, but at least back to 2015 is backed up on that. I have too many. photos like books of negatives from back when we were in our 20s that they just have to go up in flame like I just I wouldn't be able to save them all you know what Mm -hmm. I mean but this morning I was tidying up my office area and I have this folder that has my birth certificate jam's birth certificate my expired passport because it expired last year and a single piece of paper that has like identification things on it, like money, like counterfeit, um, anti-counterfeit measures that says that I'm a mem- that I am a citizen of the United Kingdom. It's the citizenship certificate I got 11 years ago when I applied for and received British citizenship because my mom's from England. And at the citizenship ceremony, they were like, it's really hard to get another one of these. So don't lose it. And I was like, okay. And so I've got this folder that has those like two birth certificates and this citizenship paper in it. And I was like, this is literally the one thing I can't lose. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that. Wow. Well, that's yeah. smart. And I just was looking at it this morning and flapping it around to jam. I was like, look, this is my one piece of paper that says I'm a British citizen. He was like, could you go put it away, please? <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. Because I'm like a child and I trash my, my belongings. That's I okay. Just bought, Lots of people do that. I just bought a new um, pair of glasses and I keep on dropping them on the ground. And JM's like, you don't treat those like they cost $100 or whatever. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about Lord. you? I've been thinking about it. And the only thing I can think of, if this place were on fire and my kids and my cat were outside... The thing I keep coming back to, which I think is kind of insane, and technically it's two things, but I think I'd have to grab one in each arm which is the ancestors. (laughs) Ah. I have two very, very, very old paintings in huge gilt gold frames of 
ancestors from my father's side of the family. It's a man and a woman. They're kind of spooky. They're from, I don't even know, like the 1800s. And I just, uh, like there's digital, I think, I don't know if I have all my digital photos backed up, but I feel like because of Apple accounts, I would somehow be able to mine the cloud to get my digital stuff. And even most of the old photographs have been digitized by my sister, who's a saint. (laughs) But those paintings, if they went up in flames, they would be gone. Oh, yeah. I think that I think that would be it. Because, you know, I'm not going to grab like my single favorite dress clothes can be replaced. Everything pretty much can be replaced. I thought for a second, I'd say my fridge. (laughs) So I'd have all my food. But that (laughs) that would be crazy. (laughs) I'd grab my weed, man. <laughs> yeah, I think I would grab those paintings, one under each arm. They they they're essentially a unit. Nice. Nice. I know the paintings well. They've stared yeah. at me for years. Yeah, they're creepy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I love creepy things, still do. They're creepy as fuck, but they're my creepy, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're your <laughs> darkness. It's my darkness, that's right. All right, do you want to get a snack? Okay, sure, I'll be right back. <laughs> Okay, what's next? Okay, so we did our questions from the 36 questions. So I feel really close to you. I feel really vulnerable and like we've grown really close. And now I'm in love with you and I want to be with you forever. (laughs) Oh my God, ditto. Wow. (laughs) To be fair, that was true before I did the questions, though. (laughs) Also, also agreed, agreed. Liz, I was wondering if you have any uh, pandemic hobbies that you want to tell me about. Are you just another one of those basic bitches baking bread? Um, <laughs> or do you have anything wild? No, my husband is one of those basic bitches because he started baking things. Um, I'm just joking. I think it's delightful that people are baking bread. He's made focaccia. He's making Whoa. pizza dough right now. Spoiler, they're the same thing. You just like do slightly different things to them. He's making cookies. Yeah, cookies, bread, pizza dough, focaccia, what else? That's about it so far. Drawing is the biggest one. I've been trying to learn how to draw more um, over the pandemic. I'll send you some pictures. Mm -hmm. Also, kind of uh, spending a lot of money on my backyard. Not that it looks very good yet, but everything's expensive. So you can spend a lot of money and really barely make any progress. (laughs) Oh, God, I know all about it. So we're going to put in a patio soon. Cool. Like a new patio. Um, and we're going to re we're going to rip out our old patio and reinstall it because it's all wobbly. So we're going to be doing that in the next couple weeks. Nice. Um, and I, we have all the patio stones and stuff on the, um, driveway. One of my coworkers was like, if you leave them out there, someone will steal them. And I was like, these things are fucking 80 pounds each. Like, nope. <laughs> Nobody's going to steal them. I mean, you're going to put them on your driveway, like not at the end of the driveway so that someone's going to be like, oh, that's free, right? They're <laughs> in between the garage and my car. So you'd have to, you'd have to really, you'd have to be like, I'm stealing these. Right. I was going to say you could like throw a tarp over top, but if someone's actually going to steal these 80 pound things, then a tarp isn't going to stop them. Yeah, I don't think so. They'd have to like pull a cart or, or like a truck up to the house and then spend like an hour loading them into the truck. Right. <laughs> so we're not, it's not going to happen. If they do that, they deserve those patio stones. I agree. 
Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. So some lawn stuff, some yard stuff. The drawing is a big deal. Like I secretly feel like maybe one day I'll quit my job and be a professional illustrator, which is hysterical. I Well, I do think there's an illustrative quality to your drawings. Oh, thanks. I think that this is very good for you. I like this for you. Uh, I like that. I love that for you. <laughs> yes. Yes, um, queen. Listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, yeah, me too. And also just addicted to my phone in an unhealthy way. Uh, just, me too. And sometimes I just open up an app. Like I'll open up Instagram and just scroll through it. And I know in my mind, I'm like, get out of here. Get out of here. And I'm just like, scroll, scroll. And it's just garbage. So that's a problem. Try to kick that habit. Um, and the other thing I've been doing recently is rewatching all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> which is hilarious because it's essentially like it's actually a pretty great show, but it's very silly. <laughs> right. Uh, I rewatched some shows I have. So I made a couple notes so that I would remember what I've been doing because who even knows this has been going on so long, but <laughs> at the bottom of my list is so much TV, right? So much TV. <laughs> and I've also been addicted to my phone more recently in the last few weeks. I've been playing so much online Scrabble Liz. Oh <laughs> my God. Like I, I waste a lot of time throughout the day playing Scrabble. It's just like 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. Cause there's like a million games going at once. Right. <sighs> anyway, but I'm getting pretty good at Scrabble. Nice. I don't know. That's I'm good. I'm not like going to join any tournaments or anything just yet, but, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm okay. I got a 76 point word the other day. I used all seven tiles. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. You want to know what the like, word was? Yeah, I do. Allure. A-L-L-U-R-E-R. -L -L -E like someone who allures. Is That's not a very well used word though, is it? No, but it is technically a word. And I got 76 points. That's amazing. <laughs> you just needed a word with like a Q or a Z in it. Those yes. are the big winners. Yes. So Scrabble, been playing the ukulele. The song I'm working on right now is called Baby by Joe and Donnie Emerson. Have you ever heard it? No. So good. Maybe I can play it on speakerphone for you for a second. It's so not a ukulele song, so it's very funny that I'm playing it on the ukulele. just two chords over and over i mean i'm sure you could learn that uh, i'm working on it they're really hard to switch between so that's actually the the part that's tricky e minor to d on the ukulele is like a tricky switch but that's the song i'm learning i want to learn songs that are not ukulele songs so i i also want to learn some otis redding songs i think that would be hilarious on the ukulele like some old soul type yes. songs that would be good. Yeah. So ukulele. Oh, and the other thing I'm doing, Liz, which is totally bizarre, totally pandemic crazy, is I'm making a little nest out of human hair. <laughs> yeah. I think that sounds really cool. Yeah. Human hair and sticks and like pine needles. 
<laughs> so when it's a little better now when I work on it, because the hair is all like I sorted it all and like kind of braided it and made some sort of like dreadlocky things that did not hold very well, but tried to like separate the hair into usable strands, basically. But when I was first building it between all the sticks and like the physical dirt from the things that I picked out of my yard, and <laughs> the little tiny bits of hair it was just like the most disgusting, messy <laughs> hobby I've ever had. It was like literally the worst possible stuff. Like nobody wants little bits of human hair all over everything. It's <laughs> disgusting. It's itchy. Like <laughs> It's coming out. All right. It's kind of cool. I don't know. It's fun to what work on weird shit. Um, I think I'm going to put it in a shadow box once it's done. Nice. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just a little basket. Right. Like a gross, dirty little basket. A gross, dirty little basket. <laughs> I've been wanting to make nests out of hair. I don't know what it is. I've just had this thing for a long time where I'm like, I want to make nests out of human hair. It's all I want to do. <laughs> and it, <laughs> I know it's so weird. It actually started out, I had a little, you probably remember it. I had a little like jar full of dreadlocks that I'd cut out of my cat's fur, like when it got too dreadlocky to for her to get it out I would like snip it out and put it in this little jar and I tried to make a nest out of the dreadlocks but it didn't come out nice it wasn't very good the human hair is better because I can like braid it and I have longer pieces to work with right I remember reading one of David Sedaris's books I can't remember which one but he talked about being in art school while being addicted to speed like he and his <laughs> friends were all like doing mess and stuff yeah and 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 the chapter on that I remembered like just cracking up and because I went to art school and you went to art school and we were there at the same time mm -hmm. and just like the wacky things people would do although I think you and I both went to school with a bunch of like really high achieving people but he talked about someone who was high on speed and made a nest out of human hair because it took so many hours of concentration which are only really possible when you're high on speed. <laughs> are you serious? David Sedaris wrote about this? I'm pretty sure. Now I'm going to look it up. Oh my God. If I'm just ripping off something that I read in a book and forgot about, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's true. I'm Googling David Sedaris nest of human hair. <laughs> and it says, Google says, did you mean David Sedaris best of human hair? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here, listen, it's the, here's an episode of This American Life where there's a transcript from This American Life episode 73 where they talk about it. Oh, man. Yeah. Maybe that idea was planted in my head a very long time ago from This American Life and I've just carried it around. Anyway, we're, whatever. We're accepted. No, I'm making it and it's cool and dirty and gross. One of my teachers in at Ryerson, who is now no longer alive, who was a nice man and agreed to supervise my final fourth year project, he said when he looked at one of my photographs, he was like, well, you know, it's been done before, but it hasn't been done by you before. And that's all that matters. Oh. And I was like, I love you. Like, sick burn slash thanks for the... Well, what he was trying to say was, <laughs> these are like, it's very difficult to have a totally original idea. Right. Um, and so that's okay. But you're interpreting it. Right. And I don't I think you it might just be you and David Sedaris who've done the hair thing. So don't worry. <laughs> well, after this podcast comes out, there could be a whole several dozen, maybe. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> might be one more or something. <laughs> <laughs> Best of human hair. <laughs> Did you mean best of human hair? 
<laughs> Ooh, a vest. How about a vest of human hair? B. I think they did that in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like a hair shirt? Yeah. Terrifying. Ugh. Um. So we mentioned TV. What are you watching slash listening okay. to? We'll do a roundup of top pandemic picks and maybe we'll limit ourselves to like one or two each category because we've got movies, TV shows, and podcasts because Lord knows neither of us reads books. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been doing that much reading. It's true, which I'm ashamed of, but that's a true thing. It's okay. Just, you know, just really sit in your shame. and <laughs> pro- That's how you process your shame. You sit okay, in it. You feel the shame. We're here for you. We love you. Thank you. I, I feel seen. <laughs> I see you. Okay. <laughs> Liz, do you have any top pandemic picks in the movies category? Well, JM and I are serial rewatchers. And so we have not watched that many new movies recently. Um, Yeah, I actually can't think of any new movie I've watched recently, which is Lamo. Any old ones, though, that like felt poignant or relevant or anything or were just like a good escape, maybe? (laughs) Well, that's what I've been doing a lot of is is a lot of escapism. So like... Um, oh, let me, I had a, I had a list of them on my phone. Let me just take a look for TV. Like I said, I've been rewatching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. but also, um, I watched and it was hard to watch. It took me a while to watch it, even though there's only like eight episodes, but I watched, I may destroy you, which is a show by Michaela Cole. Oh, I don't know it. I think it's an HBO show, but it's an, Eng- it's an English woman who, who did it, a woman from England. And she's, she wrote and directed it. She's amazing. She's a black English woman who, writes about being attacked at a bar, like basically roofied and raped in the bathroom. It's oh, not God. an easy watch, but it's a great, great show. Tell me again what it's called. It's called I May Destroy You. Oh, foreboding um, name. Yeah. And it's like, she's great in it. She's amazing. She like wrote and produced it. Like she, it's, it's her show. And apparently it's it, not apparently. I know this. I've heard her say it. It's an, it's a, a retelling of her own experience where that had happened to her. Mm. And so it's very raw and just like really, really great. And JM, he watched the first episode with me and then he said, he's like, I can't, I can't do it. So, but there's a lot of like redeeming cool things about it. Like it's not all really painful to watch Mm -hmm. or anything like that. So that's a, it's a great one. I feel like I need to have my Netflix open. Oh, Jam, and I've been watching a lot of old Jeopardy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Lots you of old Jeopardy. You bunch of nerds. Lots of old Jeopardy. We rewatched um, a bunch of the Alien movies. We rewatched Lord of the Rings. We also rewatched some old action movies from the 80s, but we love that shit. Cool. But there's some movies that I want to see. Like, I want to see some new ones coming out that I have on my list. I want to see Minari, which is a story about a Korean American family or a Korean family who moves to the states Mm -hmm. and it's with um steve yuen who was in the walking dead yeah that guy yeah Yeah. glenn glenn he played glenn on the walking dead he's really cool i like him a lot so i want to see this movie apparently it looks like a real tearjerker and there's another movie that came out oh i (laughs) i probably just sounded like a monkey there's another movie a little bit um (laughs) called nomad land Oh. which is based on a book and it's starring Francis McDormand. And it's about people mostly in the Southwest, probably because the weather's better who are transient. Like they live in their cars, they live in their trailers, they live in their like converted trucks and stuff. 
Oh, I saw a trailer for that. Yeah. And it looked and good. I, so I don't think I'd actually like the lifestyle. And I actually think that Frances McDormand's character doesn't go into that lifestyle willingly. I think she loses everything in the 2008 financial crisis. Mm-hmm. But I really like have romanticized that lifestyle in my mind. Like I'm kind of obsessed with it. And I really want to buy a Mercedes Sprinter van, which is one of the more popular models to renovate and turn into a little house. Um, And Jam's like, Liz, we're never going to do that. And I was like, (laughs) you're right. You're right. I know. And I would probably (laughs) hate it. I'd be like, I'm uncomfortable sleeping in here. This bed's too hard or whatever. But like. I dream about it. I just love the idea. Like sometimes I think I'm wasting my life sitting at a computer for 40 hours a week, you know, just sitting no, there. Uh, <laughs> you computers are the future. <laughs> you are living the dream. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I look at movies like that or stories like that. Um, and I obsess over them. Like I am obsessed with both the book which I have read and the film version of into the wild. Right. The book is a lot better. It uh, It's more in depth because it's written by a journalist. I'm obsessed with both of them. I was like, I'm going to do that. James, like you're going to burn your sin number and all your money on the side of the road. And I was like, yes, just obsessed with it. And like intrigued by it and the bravery that it takes to be like, see you later worlds. Right. But then also how lonely it is. So I really want to see that movie. Cool. So I have some anticipatory COVID watches. (laughs) (laughs) I mostly don't have the attention span anymore to watch a whole movie. It's really bizarre. Mm, You're too busy. (sighs) Single mom. Working. Fucking. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Potentially. (laughs) So, but I have, I actually did watch a couple of movies. I watched a movie called, I think it was called Nobody, and I cannot think of the actor's name. I should look it up because you would know who it's he is. Bob, you... Bob Odenkirk. That's another one of my movies on my list. Okay. There you was go. It good? That guy. It was pretty good, actually. It was pretty good. I can't tell you anything about what happens. Why? At all. Because you forget or it'll give it away. I just think you should watch it and I don't want to give anything away. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, um, well, I guess I should give some sort of just because this is like an auditory medium or whatever. So if I'm going to bring it up, I should say it's basically there's a guy. He's like, seems like a normal guy, seems like a nobody. But then it turns out he's essentially like a crazy assassin man. Oh, and that's all I'll say about that. But it was okay. pretty good. Very violent. Whew. Oh, is it like hilarious violence or is it awful violence? It's not hilarious violence, but it's excessive enough that it's kind of surreal. Like it doesn't, it doesn't read as reality. We'll just say that. You know, like it reminded me a little bit of Kill Bill in right in that just friggin' people are getting slayed left, right, and center. It was so excessive that it it did seems hit, a little cartoony. It, it did not hit me in the feels. You know, right, 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 right. right. Yeah, I I know. There's a really good movie called The Raid Redemption. JM has kind of introduced me to martial arts movies mm-hmm. over the last five years we've been together. And it's an Indonesian movie. And what struck me when we were watching it was that I was like, I've never watched an Indonesian movie in my life. Like, what languages do they speak? And so I started looking it up and I was like, holy shit, like a thousand. Like, because there's so many different like language groups within Indonesia. Anyway, mm-hmm. the whole the movie is about an elite SWAT team. <laughs> 
<laughs> that in Jakarta, so the biggest city, where they have to this apartment building complex is like run by a gangster and he's like in charge of the building and they're trying to raid it. So they're trying to raid the building and it's just like comically violent. Yeah. It's the same sort of deal where it's just so much violence that it doesn't even seem real, but it's a fantastic movie and there's some really killer fight scenes like hand to hand combat scenes. If you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. There's a lot of that in nobody as well. I can't wait. It was pretty good. Oh, and then what's that one with Tony Collette? And it's really spooky. Hereditary? Yes, Hereditary. I watched that recently. Oh, what did you think? Tell me everything. Uh, have you seen it? Oh, yeah, like four times. Okay. I enjoyed it quite a bit. The ending, I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people think bad. Yeah, I kind of wanted it to. I don't know how I wanted it to end, but maybe a little differently than it did. Because I was just like, wait, really? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah yeah but it was good it was spooky and Definitely. tony collette is just she's so good she's so good yeah she's, she's really great it was good but i've only watched those movies because i was hanging out with a man <laughs> on my uh, own i don't watch movies ever well, I bet you, is it kind of because you've, you've got like things to, to do at home and so you're just it's busy doing i'm always it. doing something yes yeah. and so a tv show it's like a movie condensed into 20 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever and so I don't know, like movies, you just have to pay attention, right? And I never am going to just sit on my couch and watch a movie by myself. I just don't do that anymore. I always have something in front of me that I'm working on while I'm watching, like I'm sorting laundry or I'm doing my nails or I'm working on my weird hair nest, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I or find I'm my nails or I'm working on my hair nest. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I find. I, I just can't. Movies are too much. And also, um, scripted drama, I often, like TV shows even. Other people get so into it, and I just can't. Because I can't pay enough attention to, like, right. catch on to all the plot stuff I'm supposed to be paying attention to. I don't oh, know. I get that. There's but, so much stuff going on right now. Like, I just, there's so much, there's so much stuff to watch. Absolutely. It's, like, it's, I it's haven't... I am not running low on TV shows yet, and I have been watching so much TV. So, Liz, I, have you seen yet on Netflix Living With Yourself? No. It's Paul Rudd. Who doesn't love Paul Rudd? <laughs> Paul Rudd, the stepbrother from Clueless. <laughs> yep. Oh, I know who Paul Rudd is. Still handsome also, as ever. Also Ant-Man, if you're into that sort of thing. I'm not, but cool. Is that like a superhero? Is yeah, he a superhero? Be, he's, he's an Avenger. Wow. Mm -hmm, I find mm -hmm. him as a superhero strange. But anyway. If you saw Ant-Man, you'd be like, oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so living with yourself. Again, I don't want to give anything away because there's all kinds of twists and turns. But basically, there's a man who he's sort of like down in life. Things aren't going great. He's maybe like drinking a little too much. He's maybe a little depressed. Things are kind of strained with his wife. And his friend at work or his coworker says to him, dude, I went to a spa and I'm like a whole new man. And so he goes to the spa to become a whole new man. And that's all I'm going to tell you. Oh, wait, what's it called gets, again? Shit gets crazy. Living with yourself. But I oh. loved it. I thought it was great. A great show. And it's like eight episodes. So it's not a huge commitment, you know, and you're going to want to watch them like one right after the other. All right. Mm -hmm. The other one, I mentioned the last time I recorded the podcast, Surviving Death. I keep telling everyone to watch it. It's also on Netflix. And the first episode is the best. 
It's about people having near-death experiences. And oh. it's wild. That freaks me out. But they but they lived. <laughs> uh, but they're fine. Just watch it. They're fine. They lived. Uh, it was very interesting. Yeah. Cool. And there's all, uh, you know, they talk about like ghosts. They talk about like apparitions. And they talk about mediums. And they kind of explore different, like, I guess, modalities into the spirit world or whatever. As well as the near-death experiences, which people don't seek those out. Those just happen. But the the near-death experiences, episode number one, that was the episode that I was like, holy shit. The other ones were interesting, but we've all seen ghost shows. There aren't a lot of shows about people dying and coming back to life. Wow. It was good. It sounds pretty interesting. And then the other one I'm just watching right now, which is also quite good, is called Serpent. And it's based on a true story about a man in... Asia, like mostly in Bangkok, but in different parts of Asia, who was killing people and stealing their passports and stealing all of their money and using their passports. And he has a wife or girlfriend or whatever who's French Canadian. So it has a Canada connection. And it's all dramatized. It's only like loosely based, from what I gather, loosely based on the actual murders, but it's really good. It sounds interesting. What about podcasts? Podcasts? Oh, God, I can't even remember the last time I was on the show and what I spoke about. So obviously, I was really into listening to You're Wrong About Mm -hmm. last time I was on, and I've said it like 17 times. But both of the... So You're Wrong About, I still listen to every week. And I support them on Patreon so I can listen to their extra stuff. Oh. Or every other week. They do two every two weeks. Each one of them has spun off and done other podcasts, and I listen to both of those as well. So Sarah started doing a podcast called Why Are Dads? And they they just talk about movies. And they, they talk about pod- movies. Yeah, it's a movie podcast. It's called Wire Dads. Like they talk about all sorts of things around like family dramas and like family issues. But it's not always about dads. You know, that's okay. just the name of it. It's just it's essentially just a movie podcast. Um, and then the one that Michael spun off and started making is called The Maintenance Phase. Okay. Uh, have I talked to you about this before? No. Okay. I don't think so. This is huge. So maintenance phase, does that phrase sound familiar to you? No. Okay. So maintenance phase is the um, term that people use during a diet when they're like, okay, I'm dieting, 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 I'm losing weight. And then once I hit my goal weight, then I can go into the maintenance phase. Okay. Which is kind of like, like holding pattern. Right. That's what the podcast is called. And it's about, it's basically debunks weight and weight loss and issues of fatness. And it's really fascinating because I've kind of recently been going through a kind of like personal awakening, sort of. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not complete by any means. (laughs) I don't think it's ever complete for anyone. (laughs) Well, fair enough. Um, where, where I'm basically learning about like the diet industry and like what people know about weight loss and fatness. Mm -hmm. And essentially like a lot of people will tell you, including doctors, they'll be like, yeah, if you reduce your calorie intake and you exercise more, you will lose weight. And that weight loss is defined by calories in calories out. And that's it. Right. But in reality, it's a lot more complex than that. And you know, there's genetic things involved. There's health issues involved, like maybe you have pre-existing health conditions. There's socioeconomic and cultural things at play. So there's like a ton of other things at play 
when it comes to weight loss. And actually, a lot of doctors and science generally, we don't really know why people gain or lose weight. Sometimes we do, but most of the time we don't. And so the idea that physicians and weight loss industry people will say to you, here's what you need to do to lose weight, they're wrong in many instances. It's not a one-size-fits-all thing. Right. And so they're debunking all of these ideas about what it means to be a fat person. Is there any real way to lose weight consistently and keep it off? Because most people will lose weight, but then they don't keep it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really good for me to listen to. It's been really interesting. It's kind of this idea that like I'm not a bad person for being a fat person, essentially. Right. So yeah. this is Michael's podcast? Yeah, this is Michael's podcast. So Michael is not a fat person, but his mother was fat her whole life. Okay. I don't know if she's still alive or not. The way he talks about it is a bit vague. And then his co-host is his friend who is a fat person who writes about weight and issues around fatness. And she actually wrote a book that I bought called What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Fat. Mm. And I read that during the pandemic, actually. And it's just really fascinating because it's like, Doctors will tell you you have to lose weight to be healthy, but in reality, if your blood pressure is good and all of your like metabolic numbers are good, yeah, you're fine. Like you're not just unhealthy because you're fat. Right. What a lot of people see it like that. That's cool that he's It seems like I'm, I don't know, a surprising choice maybe, but I guess cuz his mom and mm-hmm. it is cool that he's using his platform in a way that's like constructive for the people, which is what they do with their other podcast as well. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, he, I think he does a good job of being like a fat ally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's strange because I've, I'm now more sensitive to things. Like I have a coworker who's very thin and works out all the time. And I heard him say once like, Oh, I'm getting so fat. Before that would have meant nothing to me. I would have been like, Oh, he thinks he's getting fat. Fat is wrong fat is bad. Like you internalize it, that fat is Mm -hmm. bad, even as a fat person. And so it actually makes you feel shitty without even realizing it because you internalize the fact that you're bad because you're fat. And now that I've been reading more of this stuff and listening to this podcast and kind of thinking about this stuff more, when I hear him say something like that, I'm like, that's really insulting. And you don't even realize it. And we're all so conditioned to believe that being fat is bad, that we just are like, yep, we just take it. Like we don't think of it as a crazy thing to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anywho, so that's that's news for me in my pandemic personal discovery stuff. <laughs> cool. Well, I've been on sort of a self-reflection, self-helpy kind of kick for months, really, with the podcasts myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like every week I go down a different self-helpy deep dive, you know, nice. down a different rabbit hole. If yep. you will. Okay. Uh, so one week it was like manifestation podcasts. And then last week I was really into Brene Brown. So she has a special on Netflix and I watched it and it was wonderful. And so then I was listening to all of her podcasts. And then one week I was listening to all these podcasts about attachment theory. Turns out I'm anxiously attached. Oh, I've heard about anxious, anxious attachment. I can't say it. So, well, it sounds really bad. And, you know, like, even when I hear like anxious attachment in my mind, that sounds like needy and needy to me sounds terrible. 
Yeah. What I've heard it described as by some people in listening to all these podcasts, and I listen to podcasts about like all the different attachment styles, not just anxious, but I do seem to align most with that one. But what I've heard it described as is almost like, it's almost like a superpower in a way, because oh. in a relationship, so attachment styles come into play in romantic relationships a lot. And so in a romantic relationship, someone who is anxiously attached can sense changes. They're very sensitive to changes in the dynamic. And so, mm. well, you know, this results in them maybe being really anxious about the relationship. It's almost like they have a superpower to like sniff out if something's going wrong. Right, <laughs> right. And to be honest, when my gut has said to me in all of this crazy dating, when my gut has said to me like, oh, something's off now with that person, I'm always right. Uh. So it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, (laughs) It's not great. Secure attachment is what you really want, because then you just feel secure and comfortable in yourself. And you're not like assuming the worst in people. (laughs) Right. But maybe I'll get there one day. For now, I'm just a anxious Angie. I mean, yeah, that sounds, I I feel like I probably have anxious attachment as well. And I think it also is combined with hypersensitivity. Mm. And I don't mean that, um, sorry, not hypersensitivity, highly sensitive, highly sensitive personality types are really in tune with like, they notice changes in people, they notice changes in their setting. Like, Mm -hmm. like I had a friend who was highly sensitive. I think I'm also highly sensitive. And she couldn't handle clocks ticking. Mm. And JM will often put his music on after work to like wash dishes or start doing making dinner and won't like we often have the CBC radio on in the living room, like kind of all day because Gertie seems to like it. But also if we go downstairs at lunch, we can listen to it. Or if we come down to get a snack while we're working, you know, you might catch the news. So then he'll put his music on after work and then keep the CBC on in the living room. And I'm like, are you insane, man? How can you have two noises coming at you? Like, it drives me bonkers. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, yeah, the highly sensitive person thing is uh, real. Yeah, I believe it. I can be that way, especially with noises also. I find I often try to listen to podcasts when I'm home with the kids, and it actually ends up making me feel like I'm literally insane. because then it's like these kids are both talking at me and they're always having separate conversations with me at the same time. And then I'm trying to listen to this other person telling me something. Yes. I can't do it. It's too muchy. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Well, I think, I think we have similar personality types in that way. Well, if you haven't watched or listened to any Brene Brown, I would highly recommend doing it. She's all about vulnerability. Everyone's always talking about her. Yeah. I forget what movie. There was some movie I watched that was sort of cheesy and like about middle-aged women like out having a great time, which there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, of course, Brene Brown's making a cameo because every basic white woman loves fucking (laughs) Brene Brown. Uh, But then I watched her special on Netflix and it made me cry. And I took a lot away from it. I, you know, vulnerability is a hard thing, but it's very important. Yeah, absolutely. It is hard. You know, if you can't be vulnerable and express what's inside and express your needs, then your needs are not going to be met and people aren't going to see you the way you crave to be seen. So be vulnerable already. That's that's really good. People aren't going to see you the way you crave to be seen. I just made that up. That was good. Thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, I liked it. Maybe you should start a self-help. Maybe I should. Maybe you Actually, should. Uh, as an aside, my friend Heidi is doing like radical empowerment coaching. I sent her a message, actually, and I was like, Heidi, I've been listening to all this self-help stuff. Please come on the podcast and promote your thing. She hasn't answered yet, which makes me think she might not be um, interested. But that is the anxious attachment in me. <laughs> like, she hasn't answered. Therefore, it's about me. <laughs> right. Yep. I totally know this feeling. Yes, I'm with you. How are we doing, podcast-wise? So, basically, the last thing I had on here was any parting words. Do you have any parting words, Liz? I love you. I love you. I uh, I think this has been difficult on everybody and we all just need to cut each other some slack and try to go through life with like compassion and try to open our hearts to people because everybody's having a really hard time right now. That's what I think. Well said. And I think that we just, ha- yeah, we just have to like get through a little bit longer and we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And that we should start taking care of the planet and each mm. other because there's just going to be more pandemics <laughs> it's frightening yes. not to be creepy or like and on a down note i don't mean every pandemic's going to be as bad as this one has been but i think we need to reinvigorate the planet a little bit so that shit like this doesn't happen well i don't know if we can prevent shit like this from happening what do you mean reinvigorate the planet so that shit like this doesn't happen <sighs> well i don't know like um <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I was trying to be like general environmentalist person when I said right. that. But really, I mean, specifically, like, maybe not eat so many animal products, or try and be really thoughtful about where you get animal products. And I do not know, this is not meant to be a um, anti Asian or racist sentiment at all. You can cut this out, or you can totally cut this out if you want. But was there a connection between um, live animal markets? And the um, development of this disease, I don't know. But if there were... If that there is was, one of the theories, though, right? Yeah, I think so. And if there was, then, like, I totally understand other people's cultural dietary needs. I get that. But, you know, maybe live animal markets aren't the best way to do it. So that's my whole animal rights thing, though. I'm kind of, like, a little... I, all I look at on Instagram right now is, like, farm sanctuaries. <laughs> so stuff like that that's what i mean like you know treating animals really well even if we're going to eat them i'm not a vegan so and i still do eat animal products but like making sure the animals that we eat or consume or like farm for their products are like have happy lives and they're healthy stuff Mm -hmm. like that you know yeah and having robust and biodiverse environment there could be like medicine out there that we don't know about right but yeah, I just think we need to like be careful about our environment so we can all be healthy. All yeah, of us fair. and animals. Cool. Those my, that's my very long-winded, not very well-constructed ending note. <laughs> Listen, COVID sucks. Take care of the environment. Take care yeah, of each other. Exactly. Here, here. <laughs> cool. So, well, Liz, hey, thanks for coming back on the podcast. It's been a really long time. It was really awesome to talk to you. It was really awesome to be on the podcast. It was really awesome to be on the podcast with you. <laughs> we were joking the other day about how ridiculous it is that in order for us to have a conversation, we have to do a podcast. <laughs> it has to be on the mic. I don't but talk I, this, to people unless they're on the mic. Yeah, this is my <laughs> gift to all of our listeners, though, because I know you missed Liz as much as I did. So I just wanted to share it with everyone. <laughs> I miss all of you. <laughs> and, well, and thanks, everybody for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. And remember, it's a jungle out there.